0: Welcome to the YA Cafe, where we share conversations about books for teachers, readers, and caffeine addicts everywhere. On today's episode, we'll be talking about I'm Not Missing by Carrie Fountain. Grab a mug of your favorite beverage, friends, and let's talk books. This podcast is made possible by Nouvelle ELA Teaching Resources. Find secondary ELA resources to engage and inspire, like an intro to Shakespeare's escape room. N-O-U-V-E-L-L-E-E-L-A. Something new.
1: Welcome, y'all. As always, our first segment will be spoiler-free, and so you can stick
0: around even if you haven't checked out the new novel yet. I'm Amanda Thrasher. And I'm Danielle Hall, an 8th and 9th grade English teacher, and I blog at teachnouvelle.com. In Carrie Fountain's I'm Not Missing, Miranda and Sid are best friends, brought even closer together by their shared trauma of being abandoned by their mothers. When Sid disappears and all Miranda finds is a note that says, I'm gone, I'm not missing, Miranda's heartbroken that she's been left, again. She wants answers, but Sid isn't responding to her texts. And as she grows closer to Nick Allison, she uncovers some truths that make her wonder how much she even knew her best friend. So I kept waiting for this book to turn into a thriller, but it's not. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler. It's not a thriller. It is straight up contemporary, it's character driven. I don't know. I guess because we've read so many thrillers, I was waiting for, you know, Sid to really be missing, but she's just gone. It's right there in the note, (laughs) Danny. Yeah, I
1: so when I started reading this book, I could not help but notice, because we read them so close together, a lot of the parallels between this book and Monday's Not Coming uh, that we talked about in an earlier episode. They're very different books, though. The first few chapters feel very similar, but they definitely split. So if you have some hesitation going into this because you're like, oh, this sounds a lot like Monday's Not Coming, they're very different books.
0: Yeah, it's not Monday's Not Coming. This is more like Sisterhood of the Missing Pants. The Missing Pants? I I don't know. It just, it feels like a little just contemporary, saccharine at times, but not like thriller, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think there was definitely darkness there too,
1: uh, particularly in the beginning. And this is where it felt a lot like Monday's Not Coming, where we're learning about Sid's lousy home life and her terrible father and stepmother. Those parts definitely felt echoey, but we get away from that pretty quickly. Like once Sid is gone, Miranda kind of pulls away from that and goes more into living her own life and coming to terms with her missing Sidney, not Sidney being missing.
0: Right. I agree. And we have in this book, like her missing Sid is more just an extension, like They're best friends and all, and she really misses Sid, but it's also an extension of her missing her mother. So this book deals a lot with grief and what that feels like, and Sid being gone is just like more grief that Miranda has. And I want to read a grief quote. Woo! Grief quote! (laughs) What I'd learned from the two of them was that grief wasn't about someone being gone. It wasn't final like that. In fact, it was the exact opposite. It was about wanting them so bad and knowing that your want had no end. There was no one to receive it, to stop it. It just kept going and going, seeking endlessly. And I thought that that was, first of all, really true, like, in my experience. And then I also think that we get a lot of the poet Carrie Fountain there. You know, like, she was a poet before she was a novelist. So you definitely feel that in the prose. Yeah, I think you feel that
1: a lot, not only through that paragraph, but through the whole book. Like, she definitely has a really good feel for imagery and rhythm in writing. Like, there's a there's definitely a rhythm throughout the writing uh, that I really enjoyed reading it. It felt like the writing itself was deliberate and not just like a vehicle for plot.
0: Yes. And I think that this book is very literary in that way. Like, the writing alone is something that can lift you up even before you touch the characters in the plot and we have a lot of great details in this book one of the things that i thought was super fun and super funny was that miranda has her mom's book the lives of saints
1: i liked that a lot too especially because it had like her mother's notes throughout it about like the martyrs and all of their escapades as martyrs martyring
0: around Right. So her mom like kind of interacts with the martyrs in this book. Like she's like, oh, Joan, head shaking. Poor Joan. And I just love like, you know, we don't see her mom. Like her mom is off screen. Right. And we never knew her mom. And so we get to know her mom slowly. And it's obvious that Miranda is knowing her mom in this way, too, from the margin notes. Right. So We get a lot of her mom's humor and her mom's musings and her mom's relationship with religion. I think that the notes in The Lives of the
1: Saints kind of went against what I thought that her mother's personality was. Like, in The Lives of the Saints, she definitely, like, engages with these stories in, like, both a spiritual way and an intellectual way. But then knowing what we know, that her mother ultimately went and joined a cult, it seemed like a pretty big... Big character disconnect to have the same person who's like, Sorry, St. Patrick, there were never any saints in Ireland, also running and joining this cult, leaving her daughter behind.
0: Right. I mean, I deeply read into this at this point, but I guess I saw the cult, which we find out about very quickly in the book that her mom went and joined this cult. But I guess I saw that as the end of a religious identity struggle. That started out fairly stable with the interactions that you're talking about, Amanda. But then, like, there were some mental health issues that pushed her along to almost paranoia in her religion, is how I read it.
1: But we never saw any of that happening. Like, even in Miranda's memory, we never saw, like, a line between she's this very religious person who engages with her church. There's no, like, clear progression from... Her being like a loving mother, it's kind of like a big jump to go from like being a religious person to joining a cult.
0: Right. I agree that it's a big jump. And, you know, she left when Miranda was eight. And so, you know, Miranda is not necessarily remembering it clearly. Her dad is not necessarily being forthcoming with information about what happened. And so, you know, I did some reader reader readershipping there and filled in some blanks with my own story and I think it makes sense. I think there was some sort of decline in mental health or stability, emotional stability, that led her to go from, like, practicing Catholic to member of a cult.
1: I look forward to reading your fan fiction on that.
0: <laughs> okay, so I mentioned her awesome dad. Her dad is pretty great. So her dad works for NASA. And all of Miranda's life, she has known that her dad makes what she calls the Thingies, So like, oh, he's working on his NASA thingies. And she just had this vision of him being like this sort of bumbling, like third string NASA scientist who like made some thingies. And she really like thought that NASA was humoring him by having him stay around.
1: I mean, I don't I don't necessarily agree with your assessment, though. Like, I think that she knew that her dad was doing, like, good work for NASA. I just don't think she realized what a big deal it was. I don't think she thought that he was,
0: like, bad at his job or, like... I didn't say that she thought he was bad at his job. I just felt that she had the impression that if he were higher up in NASA or doing something of importance, he would be... With more NASA people instead of, like, telecommuting into a couple meetings a month or whatever. But her dad is a great character beyond his NASA-ness. Right off the top of my head, he does not let her blame herself for Sid's disappearance. Yeah, he's like on that.
1: He's like, nope, this isn't because of you. Your mom wasn't because of you. He's just, uh, he's just really good. I liked him a lot. Me too. I also really liked that her dad was a very funny character. Uh, He had this one comment that I want to read. This is when they're talking about Miranda's possibilities for college and where her father may live when she leaves. And she's joking that he's just trying to follow her to college. He goes, oh, God, listen to me. This telescope has been in development since before you were born. It's basically the most sophisticated piece of technology the world has ever seen to date. I assure you, Miranda, the James Webb Space Telescope is not a ruse the National Aeronautics and Space Administration has cooked up so I can follow you to college.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that quote, and I loved how clear it became that his love for her and, like, wanting her to be, you know, in her hometown and things like that was the only thing that kind of kept him there and that he could have had so many bigger and better things But he gladly sacrificed those for her. And I love that. And I love him and he's funny and he takes care of her and she takes care of him. Great parental relationship. And with that, friends, we'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll share about things we like a latte. Then we'll return to our discussion of I'm Not Missing and dig a little deeper. Mm friends next week we're going to discuss whole metal girls by emily Skrutsky. if you'd like to support our podcast and the author please consider pre-ordering the novel with our amazon affiliate link in the show notes pre-orders count towards an author's first week totals and we get a small kickback from amazon that allows us to continue bringing you great content happy reading
1: Welcome back, y'all. It's time for Things We Like, a
0: latte. Danielle, what's your brew of choice this week? Well, Amanda. Well, Danielle. (laughs) So in an upcoming episode in August, we will be joined by Lamar Giles, who edited the Fresh Ink anthology. And so I'm reading one of his standalone novels now, which is called Overturned, and it is a YA thriller set in Vegas, and the protagonist, Nikki is a card sharp and like awesome and her dad was a casino owner and got put away in prison he was framed for murder and she was like oh he's innocent and then he gets released his his conviction gets overturned and that kind of sets the story into motion and i am just loving this ride i love the vegas atmosphere i love how smart and cunning and also ambitious and a little foolhardy Nikki is. So really looking forward to finishing that book. And that's Overturned by Lamar Giles. How about you, Amanda? What's your brew of choice this week? So my brew of choice this week is not a thing of fiction
1: or a video game or anything else. It is a wonderful thing that I have done, which is that I am now officially an instrument rated pilot. Woo! For those of you all that don't know, I am currently in flight school, training to be a helicopter pilot, and that's also why I have been missing several episodes the last couple months. Because uh, it turns out flight school is kind of hard. I don't know uh, if anybody heard that that was possible, but uh, <laughs> so it's been a lot of work. And the last few weeks were definitely a gauntlet of a lot of studying and check rides and tests. But I got through it, and now I'm officially an instrument-rated pilot. Flight school not done yet, but I am seeing a bigger
0: light at the end of the tunnel so awesome and you're going to be awesome and you're going to save people maybe we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll return to our discussion on i'm not missing the rest of the show will contain spoilers so if you're leaving us here keep in touch on instagram and twitter at ya cafe podcast we'll be back
1: Welcome back, y'all, to the YA Cafe. We're continuing our discussion on I'm Not Missing by Carrie Fountain. If you haven't read this yet, we want to warn you again that this segment will contain spoilers. Spoilers! And an illegal road trip. (laughs) Okay, so one of the very first spoilery kind of things that we find out is that the reason for Miranda's, oh my god, her just tragic high school trauma of getting stood up to prom... Can you imagine anything so terrible? Um, This whole time she thought that Nick Allison
0: was the enemy, but it turns out that the enemy was Sid. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, you don't seem very, like, impressed by this trauma that she had. No, I'm not. So she gets really wrapped up in, like, ah, Nick stood me up for prom last year. So now, even though I'm totally attracted to him, like, I can't be with him because of trauma. But like she has legit trauma in her life, right? So if she doesn't Oh, she does.
1: I'm not saying she doesn't, but I'm saying like the dress in the back of her closet taunting her. I was
0: just like Ugh. Yeah, but if she doesn't have the fake trauma to focus on, she has to like focus on her real trauma. Maybe.
1: The dress is a metaphor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I liked the detail of her being like unable to look at this dress. Actually, it's not even the unable to look at the dress. It is the unable to take the dress back because that would be like admitting failure
1: because they would ask if it had ever been worn. And, and what she do you would say? have to say no.
0: It was silly but like realistic. Like, you can get wrapped up in all sorts of things if you want to. Oh, yeah. No, it was just a lot of, especially the
1: first, like, quarter of the book, there was a lot of it that was about, like, dress trauma, and I was like, I cannot. (laughs) But I did really like the twist that Sid is the one who told Nick not to pick Miranda up for prom. And so Sid is the reason that Miranda got stood up for prom. I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah, I definitely did, too. I really like what we learn about Sid slowly over the course of this novel, and Similar to Monday's Not Coming, Sid is kind of this larger-than-life best friend. Miranda's, like, plays a little closer to the chest. And so we love Sid, even though we only get a small amount of time to get to know her on screen. On page. On scrage. (laughs) (laughs) That's the high-quality English degree there for you.
1: (laughs) I, I disagree. Like, we had that little bit of time with Sid... But I did not love her. And I thought that was kind of the point of her that we see her as like this. uh, She seems kind of like a person who needed to make other people's lights dimmer to make her own brighter. Like I definitely got that from her early interactions with Miranda, just sort of the way that she steamrollered over whatever Miranda wanted. But she's clearly like a high energy, very captivating person to follow and be around. I think that came through very clearly and maybe that's what you saw as like a very attractive quality
0: maybe i do love larger than life personalities the thing that got me about sid was that she never explained herself well even when miranda is face to face with her and they have this opportunity to talk sid never says like dude i'm sorry i should have just confided in you like sid why didn't you just tell your best friend Because Sid's not a vulnerable person.
1: Like, Sid is not a person who's going to be vulnerable even to her best friend. Like, she did have her vulnerability and that she really cared about this creepy older guy. And she got burned for it. So I thought it was very realistic that Sid would not confide in Miranda about it. Because I think it's clear that while she loved Miranda a lot, she still considered Miranda sort of beneath her intellectually and, like sort of viewed Miranda as a person for her to more take care of and take under her wing than being someone to be able to confide in.
0: Ugh. well, I hate that. How do you even come back from that? Like, if you're Miranda, like, how are you even friends with Sid after that? Like, you just, to me, you just can't be like, oh, this person bailed on my life for a year and, like, didn't answer my text messages and didn't care to tell me where she went and I had to find her. Like, how are you friends with a person like that afterwards?
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe you're not. It's clear that Miranda did not think the same way about Sid there towards the end. And even for a while after Sid left, like, Miranda starts to realize that Sid kind of dumped her, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. So this book really does end up being about Miranda and her growth rather than Sid's disappearance. Like, Sid's disappearance is just a catalyst for Miranda to, like, grow up a little bit. And... I really love at the end of the book when Miranda sees her mom's family. So her mom's family has been in touch with her dad's family and really accepts him. So even though, you know, they haven't heard from her mother and her mother walked out on them too, they still have Miranda's dad and Miranda in their lives. And I love them so much. In particular, I love that Miranda realizes that she has... Something really big in common with Letty, who was her mom's best friend and is married to her mom's brother. And she says, It only occurred to me right then, standing in her kitchen, that all the time Letty had been giving me advice about how to deal with Sid's disappearance, she was speaking from her own experience. Her best friend had been gone, not missing, too. I liked that a lot,
1: too. I wish we had gotten more of Letty earlier in the novel. Me, too.
0: I think it was th- just like the last 10% that we had that family.
1: Yeah, there was a definite lack of female characters, I think. So you had, like, the whole of the relationship where her mother was and where Sid was. But then there were no other females to have any sort of role in her life. Um, So when Sid leaves, it's pretty much all about her relationships between Nick and her father, which are both wonderful, nourishing relationships. But there is something that's important about having female relationships, especially as, like, a teenage girl, I think that Miranda realizes what she's missing when she sees Sid's mother and the way that Sid's mother sort of takes her in. And so there's this quote when Miranda is seeing Patience, Sid's mother, for the first time in many years. And Patience is taking a look at her. And Miranda says, now, my father loved me. He went out of his way to show it, but he'd never have stepped back to look at me this way. He wouldn't even know how. It was a pure mom move. A sudden strong wave of grief came over me as I stood there in the middle of Patience's dark, empty living room. For the first time in so long, I
0: missed my mother. So I do like that it like addresses that this is a hole for her. Right. It is. And I was thinking about this today. It's like the Disney princess thing and the dead mom thing, and it's like if a character has an absent mother particularly if the mother is not dead like absent absent right if the character is a girl and has an absent mother then that is like a missing limb if a character is a girl and has a missing father or an absent father I mean that's just something that a girl's got to get over like there's definitely something about having your mom be gone even if you're only eight years old when it happens that is so hard every day of your life All the way to the end of it. So I thought that that was really strong. I wish we had had Letty in earlier. Yeah. She could have come to visit. She could have hung out. And one last thing I really wanted to shout out about this book was I love Miranda's realization about religion at the end of the book. She realizes that she has kind of been keeping herself from religion. And she wasn't able to articulate it until the very end when she realized that what she had been avoiding was ending up like her mother. Right.
1: In the same way that she does the parallel of Nick not wanting to wind up like his father, who is terrible. So finding like that thing that she she loves and she deserves to love without it being all tied up with this negative force in her life.
0: Yeah. So overall really great book yeah i liked it a lot and we would love to hear what you guys think of it that's our show for today friends you can find us on instagram and twitter at YA Cafe podcast we'd love to hear from you and if you're enjoying this show leave us a review on itunes happy reading